Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Leslie. Welcome to Quince. A little sweet. A little tart. And a little unexpected. Today is Thursday, December 29th, 2016. And we are right in the middle of the holiday, Christmas, whatever you like to celebrate season. We certainly are. Well, we have had a nice time. It has been a wonderful Christmas. It has been very warm. It has been. Yep. Weirdly warm. Some rain here and there. Some fog here and there. The, uh, somebody put up a picture uh, of the white Christmas, and it was like a fog bank. Yeah, it was <laughs> foggy that day. Yeah. It was. Yeah, but we've done well, had fun, and uh, you've got loot. Oh my goodness. I don't think I have gotten things like this since... It's been pretty I amazing. I know. It's like Santa has arrived every day with something. Yeah, and, and you share. That's the cool part. Yeah. I get to partake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we got some Omaha steak food tonight yeah, for dinner. Yeah, yes. and, and you've got a nice television that we're planning pajama parties about. Absolutely. I have not had television in 15 years. I probably haven't had it in longer. Yeah, so it's yeah. really weird. I haven't hooked it up or anything yet. Yeah. And this is Roku, so it's just yeah. going to be what I get on the internet. Yeah, and I think you'll enjoy it once it gets all figured out. We'll see. Yeah, and, and you got a new bed. I a did. A new mattress and box spring. Yes, that was from Sister Ruthie and her husband. Which was lovely. I know. I've had couple good nights sleep on it awesome. already, yes. Awesome. And Clue has adjusted. It's a little higher. Yeah. So she yeah. was she was a little leery of really? it. Really? The table, cats don't like change. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. So. But it's still my feet at the end of the bed, yeah. so she's there. Yeah, that's the important thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that's great. And I got a Garmin, one of those GPS oh, things, yeah. so that I won't get lost anymore. That will be nice. Or not as much. Yeah, well, don't trust it in Mother's opinion. No. It will get you lost here. Yes. Yeah. I've had, uh, working with Dad, uh, we've had, you know, lots of social workers and different people visiting to get him set up on health care. And uh, the first, I didn't realize it. The first one that came down several years ago, she called me. She was like, way down Squirrel Spur somewhere. And the GPS had told her we lived like somewhere down where Becky lives here. Oh my goodness, <laughs> five miles down five the road. Five miles down the road, she was trying to find us. And so uh, now when they call, I say, don't pay attention to your GPS after you get in Madison Dam. We are the first driveway on the left. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a map person, and yeah. really, I if I'm lost, if I can stop and look on a map, I'm right out of there. Yeah. I, but yeah. it's the problem of driving by myself, and now, you know, the whole vision bit. Right. It just reached the point where yeah. I... Well, I think you'll enjoy it, though. Mm -hmm. uh, we had one years ago. Well, my uncle gave my parents one, and so I borrowed it a few times. Now I have a cell phone, and I can ask the cell phone where I am. But this one was so funny. You'd set her up, and I can't remember if it was a garment or not. And if you didn't obey her, she would get tapped. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, the little woman that told you the yes, directions. Yes, yes. But she would go, recalculating. <laughs> so I played with it. I gave her a British accent. You know, she sounded even more ticked off. With, uh, uh, you didn't do what 
because you know sometimes I would know a way and right, it wouldn't be right. the way she wanted and she'd go recalculating <laughs> <laughs> oh I don't mind doesn't do that yeah I don't know make I me do, cry <laughs> I can't remember if theirs was a Tom Tom or a Garmin uh -huh. uh, that was the ones that were uh, around but there's so much great GPS stuff Mm -hmm. going oh, on yes. right now uh, with uh, you can get tags now to put your keys on your keys or your cell phone or your dog so you mean so, so you, you can find... track it yeah uh... so you can track you know, I don't know how expensive they are some of them didn't look like they were very expensive but I don't know how accurate they are mm -hmm. but that would be kind of cool oh yeah especially so, for the dogs yeah absolutely they so, get loose or lost yeah so you can kind of follow and I do know that these the um, the raccoon hunters that we have in the uh, area they do use they had big collars that had GPS units so they could find their track their hunting dogs Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that was years ago because I remember talking to our friend James mm -hmm. one time about it. And uh, I thought that was really interesting. Huh. Oh, this world of ours. Oh, and yeah. then there's the other side of not wanting to be found yeah. and how much you you turn yourself on and you have no anonymity anymore. Well, that's true. We are, we are out there. Yes, and I guess if you can choose um, and pick some of what that, like on Facebook, I never say, you know, Beth is eating a red lobster today oh, yeah, or something. And I don't care that other people do. No. I just don't want to be that... No. Um, obvious of where I am yeah no I yeah I'm not always sure of course you, if you fix it so just your friends see it mm -hmm. you know I, I think that would be a little different but yeah yeah, yeah I can see that point mm -hmm. for sure and you know the cell phone I've got the GPS turned on it and it gets kind of freaky I'll go into um, you know Walmart and it will pop up and say oh you're at Walmart would you like to take a picture oh my yeah you know and then uh, I went to Christiansburg one time and this first time it had ever done that and it kind of freaked me out it's like you know who's watching because uh -huh, <laughs> uh -huh. I went to, went to Michael's and he came up and said oh you're at Michael's would you like to take a picture and put it on our whatever website uh, mm -hmm. I guess it's Google and wow. then I went to Target and uh, our um TJ Maxx and two or three places and then I'm like I'm going home <laughs> I don't want to be followed yeah. of yeah. all I had to do was turn off the GPS but right. I didn't realize it at the time yeah. So, um, so yeah and we played what was it Whisk Whist W-H-I-S-T yeah. a card game okay Whist okay yeah mm -hmm. yeah I had heard of it but I'd never played it mm-hmm that was fun. It was. We that was after a wonderful meal at oh, Peter and Kathleen's. Yeah. And Kathleen and I got skunked. That's right. Peter and I really... You blew we, us away. We, we did indeed. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all blew us away. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then uh, we also played Bananagram. Bananagrams. That was fun. That was fun. I need to practice that a little bit more, though. Well, I yeah. think yeah, you just you just play it, but it's the reason I guess it's called that because the cubes are in the shape of a 
the container, the, the container. bag, yeah, and looks you like a banana. And you holler banana terms. Yeah, that was sort of weird. Yeah, that was a little strange. <laughs> but it was really fun. But the word, forming the words, yeah, it reminded it me kind of, of yeah, modified Scrabble. Mm-hmm. Playing with my mother-in-law, Boggle, and oh, yeah. some of those word games oh, when yeah. she lived down in the holler. Yep. Where I lived in West Virginia, yeah. many a night that was our entertainment. Yeah. Playing those word games. Well, we played Scrabble a lot. Oh yeah, I love Scrabble. We've always played Scrabble. I still have, I think, three different, um, three different boxes of it. Mm -hmm. You know that I've collected over the years. I noticed they were in the closet the other day. When I was looking for something else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Haven't had them out in years. And so. Well, I guess we're. Being readers, we're just word people. Word people, yeah. Yeah. So we enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. All right, so have we got ready for... Did you get any books for Christmas? I, That's what... I got socks and I got what you gave me. Ah. Uh, that was pretty much it, except for I have an anonymous benefactor. Well, that's pretty nice. I think I have mentioned it before. Just occasionally, a uh, $100 bill shows up in the mail, anonymously. That's, that's nice. And Merry that, Christmas. Yeah, that was very nice. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, of course, I have the one that gave me the Kindle. I think we talked about that one time. Uh, you don't think they're the same person? I don't think so, because one of them, uh, the, uh, the $100 bill comes in a typed envelope. A typewriter type? A typewritered envelope with a medicine Dan um, sticker on it. So it doesn't sound like it would be the same type of person that would give you a, a note. Right, right. So I don't know. Very interesting. So I have two, two anonymous benefactors. Well, that's pretty kind. cool. Yeah, very kind. Well, that was always a question we asked in my family was, you know, what book did you get? Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and I, I ended up getting uh, from Sister Annie and Richard, uh, Lee Childs, the latest Reacher, hardback, Ooh, nice. um, first edition signed. Ah, <laughs> so, nice. yeah, I started reading it last night. Oh, yes, so. you'll enjoy that. I have lots of books to read, but I said, oh, I've got to read the Reacher. Oh, yeah, I've got stacks <laughs> and stacks. And my, um, most of the time I get books for the Kindle, I get them from the library. Mm -hmm. I don't buy that many books. No, and my son gave me a subscription to Audible books. That will be fun, because you go up and down the mountain, mm -hmm. and you can put them on your iPad. Right, that's yeah. what I'm going to figure out. You may have to help me. I'd be glad to, mm -hmm. and you probably need a a one uh, earbud. In the state of Virginia, you're not supposed to carry two. But where in the world it would you right put there. Oh, there's a hole. There's a hole. I never noticed a hole yeah, in my I'm iPad. Sure. Yeah, mine, even mine has a hole. In the state of Virginia. In the state can... of Virginia, if unless they change it, you are not supposed to use two earbuds. You're only supposed to use one. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I'm deaf as a post, so it doesn't really matter if I have a earbud in or not. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah, I, I use my rearview mirrors a lot. Yes. Because I can't hear the ambulances or, or ambulances or... Uh, Police cars come up behind me. Mm -hmm. Well, luckily, that's not too often. Not very often, Patrick but County. once in a while. Once in a while, yeah. Yeah, Knightley got me, uh, I think it was insured, and I um, could not, I could hear the low part, you mm -hmm. know, the wang-wang they do. Right. I could not tell where it was. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, he got up in the front seat and stayed there until it came to where I could see it. Because he was trying to let me know it was somewhere. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. Yeah, it yeah. was coming from a side street. But, um, yeah, I can't hear them, so I kind of have to be looking all around. Mm-hmm. But I do hear the wang, wang, wang part, and I pulled over and waited till it got to where I could tell where it was. Yeah. So. All right, I think we probably ought to do... A Little Sweet. Ah, oh, now that's your baby. That's mine. And, um... Uh, of course, I go on Ravelry all the time and dream and have um, fun about what people are doing and all of this stuff. And they have been, they did a little um, thing at the front. They do like a blog post at the front. And they talk about the most popular things for the year oh, on that, Ravelry. Yeah. And I have fallen in love with this beautiful little shawl that... Um, oh, that is beautiful. Isn't it? Mm -hmm. And see, this is the version of the shawl that one of the people that... Uh, just a knitter did. Um, this is her... She, I don't know if she modified it very much, but her colors are just exquisite. Mm -hmm. It's made with um, Malabrigo yarn, silky merino, and Cape Cod gray. And then she has Inna Wetna, Wellna, Inna Wellna, in white as a um, trim. And I'll put a, um, a link to her particular version. And who is that? Uh, her name is Grazka, which uh, you kind of use aliases on Ravelry. Oh, really? I'm Greenberry. Greenberry. Yeah. 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 And so I don't know whether that's maybe her surname or whether she's, um, you know, something about her. People mm -hmm. do a lot of things. Uh, Lily's mom or, right. you know, different things. But the pattern is Andrea Shaw by Kristen Kapoor. And it is knitted. And I didn't like any of the original... Meh. Yeah, it, it doesn't grab me, the original ones, but the ones that, uh, but her modification, she just used one color, or she used two colors, and it, the main bulk of it was in one, one color, and then she did a white trim. It's beautiful. And it was a, so there's so much you can do. It's very lacy. That's the type of shawl you would wear to a wedding Absolutely. or to a... Uh, the opera or concert yeah, or absolutely. something. And, but it's solid at the top part and then has a lacy border. Mm -hmm. So I think anybody would love that. And then on the crocheted ones, this was just delightful. Um, this young lady did a mandala madness. That's the name of the pattern. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, it was. That's and huge. That looks like a rug. It took her forever. It's a big bedspread. And the mandala, for those of us who are not crafty, the one place I have seen those are in adult coloring books. Coloring books. And, and it's it's an Indian Buddhist thing. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. To, to, um, to focus, uh, on, focus on, I mm -hmm. think. Right, right. Yeah. A meditative 
Yeah, and she, she started on in June of, I think it took her till June, from June to August, which is not really all that long. Not for being something she can lay down yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, she said she used all kinds of scrap yarns, and um, and her name is Babarushka. Well, the girl that did the... One. And what does one do with what she just made? It's a bedspread. Oh, okay. It is a bedspread. Yeah, or she's she's played with it so much here. She's got it up on a... Um, she's wrapped it around herself. She's got it on her uh, floor. She's got it on her bed. So, uh, just whatever you want. And the... Um, That'd be a good wall hanging to put <laughs> over my television set when I'm not using it. That's a thought. Yeah, P Peter's all worried about me having a television and how distracting it'll be. And, and we were talking about that. Yeah, well, And I said, oh, you know, a piece of batik cloth or yeah, something. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, um, but that would be beautiful, wouldn't I'm it? I'm not sure I'm going to volunteer to make it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a big... Baby. Oh, come on, Leslie. Yeah. And the, the pattern is Mandala Madness by Helen uh, Shrimpton. And it is crochet. And um, the original, which was also very pretty, uh, she did it in several different colors. Uh, the original was made in um, a yarn, sheepies, stonewashed. Yeah, sheepies. Stonewashed XL, Sheepies Merino, and Sheepies Color Crafter. I've not heard of Sheepies yarn. Huh. I'll have to investigate that. A new that. one. But I think it's a great idea for using up scrap pieces yeah, because absolutely. as many colors as you want in there. Absolutely. It, it's, it's definitely, uh, and I imagine it's a fairly fast uh, thing to make in crochet. Um, the needle... Uh, she doesn't say how big the needle is. Maybe the girl that... Yeah, an H, so no, it's not that big a needle. <laughs> so it'll take a while to make it, but it's beautiful. Well, you're going to tell us something about needles. I am, yes. Um, well, actually, that was a crochet hook. But um, I decided that I haven't ever talked about types of needles. Uh, we're going to kind of get into traditional type stuff here in a little while. So back in the old days, there were limited materials that you could, um, particularly in rural areas like this, there were limited materials that you could make knitting needles out of. Hmm. So basically, if you had a small needle, a narrow needle that you wanted to make fine stitches with, the blacksmith would make it out of wire. Oh, the blacksmith. Then, yeah, and then he would put a little knob on it, and then he would... Um, sharpen the point. But if it was uh, very big at all, he made it. They, they made them out of wood. They would carve them, and then they would do a lot of sanding, and then they would carve the edge. It, had, it has to be really smooth, because it will catch on your yarn right. and mess up your stitches. And um, the um, early needles were really heavy, and sometimes they were plated. If it was if it was not the blacksmith making it, but they would plate them with nickel to keep them from rust. And then um, in the cities, you know, where people had were more affluent, they could would use boxwood, or ivory, or whale bone, or tortoise shell. Mm. 
And I imagine that probably uh, people in um, rural areas probably use bone as well. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a makes sense. Gun. Why not a deer? Yeah, a yeah deer something bone that was strong and wouldn't um, wouldn't uh, get brittle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm not sure what types of bones would that would be. Have you ever had any of those? I had a bone crochet hook, and mm-hmm. I cannot find it. Mm-hmm. But I do have a bone crochet hook that we found at an auction one time, and um, that was quite old. I've never used it because I was afraid it, it, it's small, it's tiny. And uh, one of the, uh, we had a mother of pearl one that oh. I sold at the shop a few years ago. Mm-hmm. That was made, that was a modern one. But nowadays, so many people that I know use the good old, old Susan Bates aluminum. Aluminum. Now feel that thing. They're cold. They're cold. They're very cold. Yes. Oh, you mean the others aren't? No, yeah. you're right. Yeah, they are cold. And I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah, arthritic hands. I'm getting arthritis in my thumbs. And I've dreaded this day. I know. Because I use my hands so much. But I, I take an aspirin now and it holds it at bay. But every now and then the sun will catch it. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> and using these cold needles really bothers me. Mm-hmm. They're quite cold. Yeah, I do do sometimes. Uh, they're really great for using, this is the aluminum, they're really great for acrylic and something slippery that you want to, and cotton. They work pretty well with cotton for me. Can you heat them up? Well, if you're in a really warm room, they'll eventually warm up. But they always feel a little cold to me. Mm-hmm. You know. So I don't use them as much as I used to. I do have some steel ones. Now these are metal, but they don't feel as cold. No, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this, this is an older pair. These are probably from about the 40s or the 50s. And I think there's maybe Susan Bates too. I don't know. But this, this is an older pair I picked up at an auction or something. And I really like them. It's uh, fairly, I don't know, it's like a size six or something. Well, they're made by NOX. Somebody NOX. I'm not sure who made them, but, but I like those. And they're long. They are long. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're kind of They've, been, they've had a rough life. They're kind of not straight <laughs> anymore. Does that matter? It doesn't bother me at all. And I like using these again with cotton. Because cotton can be kind of catchy on wood. And, and this is my experience. This is not, you know, other people may totally feel different. But for me, uh, on with wood and bamboo, cotton can seem to catch. And so I tend to use uh, the metal needles for the cotton. And then we have wooden ones, of course, which are nice and warm. And these are rosewood. Those are beautiful. They are beautiful. I don't like them much unless I'm working with white. White? Or light colors. Oh, because those are dark. Because they're dark, a dark color. And uh, I've used them some because you can see I've sort of worn the finish off the of the ends. But uh, the first time I ever got them out, I had a turquoise and purple beautiful yarn that I was making something. And a beautiful scarf, it turned out. I started, and I was going along with the turquoise. I got to the purple, and I could not see the stitches at all. Mm. 
So that was a big drawback. So using these with light colors. Mm -hmm. And I've never noticed with bamboo or wood that um, having a light color against that bothered me. So, and bamboos are really popular. Mm -hmm. They're light, they're inexpensive, they're fairly sturdy. Your dog will eat them. Right. <laughs> I will tell you that right now. Your dog or your cat will eat them. My cat would eat them? Yeah. Well, would play with them, knock them yeah, around. Yeah, but uh, I, I've lost many needles to puppies. How much are bamboo? Oh, they can start anywhere from $4 to, you know, whatever. Uh, the ones I have at the shop are between 4 and 7 mm -hmm. So they're not very expensive. Uh, this is a little higher end because it has these fancy clay ends on it. They're pretty. Yeah, and uh, I, I did sell these at the shop for a while. Now, would you have like the clay balls on the end just for pretty, or is it for balance? Oh, it's got a purpose. It holds the stitches on when you're knitting along. Oh, that's yeah, what the little have, end yeah, is Yeah, all for. the ends hold the stitches on mm -hmm. when you're knitting along. So you don't want to have to worry about what's going on at the bottom end. Right. That's why some people don't like working with double-pointed needles. And what are they? You use double-pointed needles when you're making anything round. Oh, okay. Socks or hats or anything mm -hmm. that works in a round. And you have to use something that gives you a round. You can't do it on a straight needle. Mm -hmm. You can do it on a straight needle and sew a seam if you want to. And a lot of people don't enjoy using DPNs because um, they worry about the stitches going off the back end. Mm -hmm. I've never actually had that happen. You know, but um, I, I can see a point. Right. And then, another great thing are plastic needles. They also get warm. Oh. I mean, they're warm immediately. They're round. See, all, these have all been in my car. Oh, yeah, which is very but, cold out there tonight. Yeah, guys. it's about 34 degrees. Well, I don't even understand how that works. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's, it's basically... You can knit in the round with them if mm -hmm. if this um, circular uh, if this join um, strand is short enough, or you can knit back and forth. Hmm. And it is confusing at first, but most people really like it because it, t and particularly as we're getting older, it takes the weight of what you're knitting off your wrists mm. because the um, whatever it is is hanging off of this instead of hanging off. All the weight is on your wrist in the mm -hmm. straight needle, but um, the this uh, the string or this um, join in between allows what you're knitting to fall on your lap, mm -hmm. and you, you're not holding the whole weight of it. Interesting. And it can get to be pretty heavy. Now, were there there's... things like that? I mean, I realize plastic wasn't invented 200 years no. ago, but was there any sort of these were invented around 1900. 1900, uh -huh. when the very first... Right, when they were first... And they didn't catch on right away because um, the join... And, and some people will still complain about the different... Uh, the join between the, um, the uh, connectors mm -hmm. would be rough and it would catch on your knitting. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't catch on for quite a while. But as uh, manufacturing improved... They uh, are so much nicer. And uh, a lot of the knitting companies, or a lot of the companies for circulars, 
if the joint ever goes bad, they'll replace it for you mm. for nothing. Can you take those on airplanes? Oh, uh, now you can. For a while, you couldn't. For the round ones? Yeah, yeah. Can you take the big metal sticks I on? I think they probably don't like those yet. So. Yes, but the yeah. round you can. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's and plastic. I would think you could sneak that on just as... Yeah, yeah, in your, in your carry-ons. Mm -hmm. They probably don't give you any... I don't think they give people as much trouble as they did for a while. Right, that would be hard. That would not be a weapon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anymore, the last time I went traveling up was when I went to San Francisco to mm -hmm. Kathleen. Right. There's no room in the airplane to knit. No, no. It's just not fun anymore. But I if you my, want to take it with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I took it in my carry-on, mm -hmm. you know, and, and threw it up. But I didn't take knitting to knit. I used to take knitting to knit. Sure. Sure. And I have, but now you have that. to sit so. Yeah. So, so I took my, you know, my nook. Right. And and the thirty five books that were on it. Right. And used <laughs> and and read that all night because it was a red eye. Yeah. But yeah, I used to can I could you can I could spin. I take a drop spindle and spin on the airplane. And, <laughs> but not anymore. No. No. It just doesn't work. Not until we get to go first class somewhere. Right, yeah. <laughs> and there is a, I guess it's a type of plastic. It's casein. And it's made out of milk protein. Oh, I was going to say casein I've heard of, but not as a plastic, or not yeah. as a hard material, I didn't think. Yeah, it's, it's fairly sturdy, and it's really pretty. I had some, and I couldn't find them. Mm -hmm. But it's it's a it looks like a plastic, and the ones I have are made by Swallow, who um, I think they may be the only people that do um, the casings. I'm not sure, but they've been manufacturing in America for over a hundred years, uh, and they're very inexpensive. I think two three dollars. Wow. Yeah, and uh, they're really uh, they hold up well, and they're pretty. They have. Well, they have a plasticky look, but the ones that Swallow makes, they have kind of a variation in color. So you have like a, a, a pretty variation of green, pretty variation yellow, pink, and different. So I enjoy using those. And they stay warm in your hands. Right. <laughs> they're lightweight, and they're kind of flexible. And they don't click when you uh, <laughs> you know the stereotype uh, of grandma sitting in the corner going clickety clickety. Right. Clickety, oh clickety. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another company that makes and it got gone somewhere. I had it that makes uh, glass needles. Oh wow. And they are absolutely gorgeous. Oh, there they are. No. Yeah, they are really pretty. That's all different colors. Of glass, and what would be the advantage of those? They're slippery. Mm -hmm. You can knit fast with them. The company guarantees, no questions asked. If they ever break, they'll replace them. Wow. Yeah. I bet they'd be cold, though. Yeah, maybe. I've never used them. I, they're not cheap. They're, they run, uh, run up into the $40, $50 range. Mm -hmm. So they're not inexpensive. Right. So I've never actually bought them. I have oohed and odd of them mm -hmm. that shows. Because I've seen this company at several different shows, and they are lovely. Really, really. They do, uh, for their straight needles, they put a different type of glass with flowers in it mm -hmm. and stuff at the, on the end. Uh, oh, they're gorgeous things. 
So those are things to drool about. Right, right. If my, if my uh, anonymous benefactors are listening. Right, there you go. And then a relatively new development in knitting are interchangeable needles. You buy a kit, basically, and the, um, the cords are not attached to the needles. And depending on what size you need, uh, what size needle you need, or the si and the size cord or the length of cord you want, you just put together what you need. That's a good idea. At the time, that's a very good idea. Not sure how long that that's been going on. Uh, there was a company named Denise was the first ones that I ever saw. Addy Turbo is just marvelous. Uh, they're not cheap either. Uh, I had I owned half a set of Addy Turbo and it got gone. So these are Knitter's Pride. So they're kind of in the middle of the road. It was around $50, but you got a lot of needles. Mm -hmm. And then you can add on. I think I mentioned uh, a week or so ago that I was making a um, hood for a little girl for Christmas uh, that looked like a bear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't have needles big enough. Oh. I do not knit with logs. Right. I just don't knit, or telephone poles. I just don't knit with big needles very often. So I popped online and bought an extra set to go with my kit. Oh. And then if uh, this this one starts at 4 and goes to 11, size 4 to 11. And uh, so if I, you know, need others, I, they're available. Oh. And I've never had any, some people, there are a couple of companies that people complain about that the cords come loose. And it is a real tragedy. Oh. If you're knitting along, particularly if you're knitting lace and you're about almost at the end of the row, and your cord just comes off of your needle. Yeah. It's not a happy thing. Mm. Uh, it happened to us, the girl I used to do a uh, podcast with um, several years ago. She was knitting and we were talking and we got finished. And all at once she's cussing on my cat. <laughs> <laughs> and the, her um, cord had just come off Ooh. of the, um, of the uh, needle. And she had done this elaborate lace, and it was like ruined. It's practically ruined. Oh and she had to pull it back and figure out where she was. And, but she was, and that company does. I won't mention any names. That company does replace them, but it's still irritating that oh they no. that they have the problem. So I have never had a minutes problem with this company, and they're about the same price. So uh, I've been real pleased with these. Well, yeah. that, wow, that is quite the lesson to learn. Yeah. I know, of course, nothing yeah, about Yeah, well, but, and think about your mm -hmm. hands. Mm -hmm. You need to make them. Um, now, the wooden ones are, uh, do make for slower knitting with some fibers. Uh, I find it slower with cotton, especially. And uh, But I love them with wool. They just cruise right along with wool. And, uh, and a fairly good quality needle is going to move right on anyway. Yeah, because these are really slick and smooth. And I enjoy those a lot. All right, I think that was all the yakking I had to do. Well, so, very good. Thank right, you. So now we want to do... A little tart. And Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Happy New Year! And Happy Old Christmas! Yes! No. Yes, and we talked a little bit about that 
um, a year ago. Last Christmas, And yeah. that was the first time I had ever heard of that tradition called Old Christmas. Right. Which is a central Appalachian thing from everything that I have found. And right. Of course, yeah, I grew up in West Virginia, but up where I was, I never heard that term. Well, it may have been because your ethnic diversity happened sooner. That might be. Than it did here. Um, the uh, research I've done now, I don't remember specifically old Christmas as a celebration. Right. It, it was pretty much been gone. generation yeah. before. Yeah, it would have been a generation at least before. Um, and it was and people celebrating here was kind of limited because people didn't have a lot. Right. But they had family. So they starting on new Christmas all the way until old Christmas, it was a time to go from home to home. Mm -hmm. and have dances and food and celebrate. Christmas. Sure, 12 days of 12 fun. days of Christmas, yeah. Yeah, I think that sounds like a wonderful tradition. It is. And now people go Christmas Day, and the next day it's like, let's take down the tree. Yeah. Let's, well, you know, put the, everything away. And yeah, and there were some remnants of old Christmas when I was a child. Mm -hmm. Because it would always seem like Christmas wasn't over until January 6th. Right. Or maybe 7th. I think it's January 6th. Uh, uh, you, you kept the tree up. You kept the, We didn't really put the tree up until about two weeks before Christmas. Right. We didn't keep it up. Well, we had live trees. So, yeah. yeah. So, so maybe you know, a two, the week needles, or two weeks. Yeah. Right. Yeah, maybe a week or two weeks before Christmas. And then, um, so we had Christmas Day. And then Christmas just kind of kept going until after New Year's, until about January 6th. People kept their, the people that could afford it, kept their lights on. Mm -hmm. So we would drive around and look at all the lights, right. like everybody does. And then on January 6th, they turned them off. Mm -hmm. And they usually took them down. Now, if you worked, and you couldn't take them down until the following weekend, maybe. Uh, but you didn't turn them on again. Right. Until uh, after right. the January 6th. You didn't leave them on for the whole month of January. You were done. You were done. Yeah, so, and, and then, you know, there were, I heard people talk about Old Christmas mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, the reason for Old Christmas happened, I think we probably touched on it, was the change in the Julian calendar to the, um, to the um, astro astronomical. Right. And Britain and America fooled around and didn't do it until 1752. Uh, the rest of Europe, or a lot of Europe, changed in the 1600s. Uh, you know, but uh, it was a Catholic change. Right. You right. know, that was the uh, Pope Gregory, I think, was the one that actually decreed it, that there'd be a change. And Protestant England was saying, we ain't have nothing to that. Yeah, <laughs> not going to do it. And, of course, <laughs> the, uh, being um, a lot of the people in this area probably simply just didn't know. You know, and they had, or or they just didn't like change all that much. They probably did know the calendar changed, but uh, they had celebrated Christmas two weeks after solstice for so long mm -hmm. that they just kept doing it. Right. And then gradually, as um, the, the Scotch Irish and the Germans came came in and kind of intermingled, gradually the idea of New Christmas caught on, mm -hmm. and they just started doing both. Well, and of course, um, you know, my understanding of January 6th was always 
that in the church calendar, that's Epiphany. Right. And yeah. so that was always part of the church calendar. Right. Yeah. Well, that, probably not always because um, it would have been when the Gregorian calendar came in. Because, well, I guess. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it would have been before 16, 1582 hmm. was when Pope Gregory made the decree. So before 1582, Epiphany would have been... 12, 12 days, days after, like the 18th or right. something, of yeah. January. Mm. Yeah, so it would have been 12 days later. Hmm. Yeah, so it, the, that 10 or 11 days that they took out, mm -hmm. you know, just shifted everything. And, and the real main reason they did it was so that Easter would be celebrated. Easter had kind of slid off. Right. Because the uh, Julian calendar wasn't accurate. So Easter had kind of gone off somewhere mm -hmm. <laughs> you know it had nothing to do with the, the proper astronomical um, things that were happening right vernal equinox and everything so um, that was the main reason they did it was to get Easter back on track no oh, I didn't know that yeah, well That's Easter is you know the 40 days yeah, after Easter is a known quantity right right you know Christ died a certain time during Passover right, right. so that's a known quantity the birth of Christ is a knot. Yes, you're right. It makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. not known. Mm -hmm. You know, so the the um, so there was a random date anyway. Yeah, so. well, yeah, and and there were reasons for it to be when it was because of uh, other celebrations that happened. Well, sure, the solstice and the mm -hmm, but right. but it didn't matter as much. You know, Easter mattered. Right. Yes. And yeah. To get it where it should be. Mm -hmm. And then that just booted Christmas back. A bit. So anyway, the things that I remember, the only thing, a uh, 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 Facebook, of course, we do a lot. Uh, an article popped up that had a list of Appalachian Christmas traditions on it, and I recognized absolutely none of them. <laughs> so I can't remember what they were, except uh, one thing that people did was to shoot off guns to scare demons. Oh, but we didn't have demons. We didn't have demons. People around here did not believe in demons. They, few people believed in ghosts and haints, but uh, I think they just shot off guns to make a joyful noise. Right. Like right. you would, you know, people couldn't afford firecrackers. Yeah. Or yeah. had no access. To and that was a real New Year's Eve type yeah. of thing also, but I yeah. never heard of doing it on Christmas. Yeah, well... People, I don't remember people really here making much of a production in New Year's Eve at all, mm. all even all through my childhood. Mm. The only thing I remember my grandmother saying was that at midnight, if anybody was up, they would open the door to let the New Year in. Uh -huh, that's cool. You know, and that was the only thing that I remembered uh, anybody saying anything about for New Year's. It, it just, old Christmas and Christmas were the big things. I really don't remember much about New Year's at Albion. and any kind. Of course, we were little, and when we got a little bit bigger, we watched the ball drop on TV. Right, you right. You know, it was black and white TV in New York. But <laughs> now, you see, that was the one night, New Year's Eve, that we would go to the Episcopal Church uh -huh. and go to the Midnight Mass. Right. And that, you know, to all, me and all my Methodist friends, that yeah, was, well, that was really sort of yeah. fun. Well, we didn't have a, a Episcopal church. We didn't have we a Catholic church. still don't have church. Episcopal church in Patrick County. Yeah, we didn't have a Catholic church. Uh, we did have 
uh, even when I was quite small, we had candlelight services for Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm, right, right. Yeah, but of course it wasn't at midnight. It was usually after dark. Right. It was 5.30 around here. And mm-hmm. um, so, but we did have those. Gosh, speaking of uh, Christmas Eve services at my church, uh-huh. we had 102 people That's come. awesome. And of course, our little Mayberry Tiny Rock Church, yeah, as the minister says, it sleeps 60 comfortably. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's a lovely little um, church, but it is small. <laughs> it was a good service. Yeah. It was so nice. That was nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and so I think that's a tradition a oh, lot absolutely. of people have had. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you had a lot of nativity. We did. It yeah, was, that was cool. Lovely. Yeah, it we was. got to Daddy and we went to see it. Yeah, yeah. it was It was uh, sort of awe-inspiring. It was. It was quite lovely. Just to see it. Yeah, it was sweet. Mm-hmm. Let's see, next year I'll bring my goat if you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, had, they had some sheep. Stuff sheep or something. Yeah. They were they were sort of cool looking though. Yeah, but the angel doing the motions. that was either uh, Rainy, um, yeah. Sharon, I think, was and, the one. and uh, Anne Connor. Anne, okay. Anne Connor or Rainy. Yeah, well, Anne was beautiful. Uh, I saw her. Yes, like, uh, yeah. she was the one we saw. Very graceful. Yeah, yeah, she was quite lovely. And uh, yeah, we enjoyed that very much. And mm-hmm. then we went down to the Mayberry Trading Post, which is a little country store built in the 1800s. It's been existing ever since. Mm-hmm. And it used to be the post office. We talked about that. They had hot chocolate and cookies. Oh, they did on yeah. Saturday night. Uh, well, the night we went, I guess it was uh, the first night. It was so cold. It was cold. And I that's the night. I yeah, went. Daddy really didn't feel like getting out, so right. I took it. I, I kind of pushed him out on Sunday or Saturday mm-hmm. because it had warmed up tremendously. And so, but yeah, they had hot chocolate and cookies. Is that right? It well, was how really nice. nice. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. So uh, I visited with some. Uh, Elaine was there and Gary. Mm-hmm. And um, so visited with some local folks and had a good time. Well, that's cool. Yeah, very then, glad to hear. Yeah, that. went in the store and said hello and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So it was great. Yeah, Christmas in the mountains. Absolutely simple yeah. but nice. Uh-huh. And we had another visit from Doctor Puckett. We did. We spent the day uh, going around and visiting. Visited my mom and. Um, Wendell, and then we came over and hung out with you. Well, you're a real gift to her. She's, we have fun. Yeah, she's yeah, I enjoy her. An Appalachian Studies professor at Virginia Tech. Yeah, and she could tell us all about this. Right, stuff. right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but yeah, we had a really good time, and uh, she. Uh, it was really foggy that day, so she didn't stay very late. But she yeah. called me. She got home about five thirty. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yep, we had a good time. We had a. My dad had a great Christmas because so many nice people brought him stuff. Uh, he had uh, the Medicine Band Baptist Church brought him a fruit basket mm. with candy, which I took away. And then uh, on Saturday, Christmas, Christmas Eve, his friend Sandra bought an entire meal for both of us. Nice. Yeah. And um, and then on Sunday, the Slate Mountain uh, Presbyterian Church brought him a whole meal. For five people. <laughs> and so Anita and I took, partook of that. I didn't have to give her just chicken sandwiches like I'd planned. And that was really nice. And then several other people brought him goodies all through the uh, through the weekend. So he had a really good time. Uh, I went to the nursing home on Saturday, Christmas yeah. Eve, the, yeah. the day 
And I'm telling you, that was the most hopping place in Medizabam was that nursing home. Well, we have so many friends there right now that are in rehab. Yes, yes. You know, and temporary. Mm -hmm. So they do a really good job with rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... um, But it was almost a festive party atmosphere around there. It was. It was... Yeah, that was rather nice. encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so yeah, I went there today to see some of those folks too. So I couldn't really get away on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. All right, have we covered Christmas? Oh no, we have not. We were going to talk about um, gifts that we have received. Yes. Um, uh, here was a quote from Audra Hepburn, okay. which I just thought was sort of interesting. Um, you can always tell what kind of a person a man really thinks you are by the earrings he gives you. <laughs> <laughs> One time, my husband gave me a pair of earrings, but and, and they are quite lovely. I still have them, uh-huh. um, but I told him exactly what shop to go to, and they were handmade in Vermont, oh, nice. you know, yeah. and I think that's probably the only jewelry I think a man has ever given me besides you know a wedding band or something but um, I just I laughed because I thought of all the really awful gifts yeah that's what I was wondering Uh what's the most awful gift well I hope this fellow doesn't listen because I'm back in touch with him but I was probably 22 or so when we were dating he gave me a rabbit skin coat Interesting. It was, was it new? Yeah, brand new, all white uh, jacket. It was cut to about right. Oh yeah, here. I remember when those were popular. Yeah, this was in the early eighties. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm an anti-killing everything, especially rabbits. Back then, I was anti-killing anything. Right. I mean, I'm a little bit more lenient because you know that's part of life now. But at that time. You know, if you kill something in front of me, I would run your neck. Right. <laughs> and he gives me a dead rabbit goat. <gasps> Did he know you? Uh, well, we had been dating for over a year, and he gave me this. He knew me well enough to buy an expensive coat. Yeah, those were not cheap. Yeah, so I had mm. to wear it. We, we were together another year or two, you know, and it was like, you don't know me, do you? Wow. <laughs> And it stayed in my, so, you know, after we broke up, it stayed in my closet forever. You know, as move, I would just put it in the back of the closet. I find, I don't know what happened to it finally. Hmm. You know, but, yeah. Oh, that, that really, would be embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, you open it up and you're like, what do I say? Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, because I just, you know, uh, my grandfather was, but he dealt in pelts. Right. As and an that, old mountain man. That's how they made money. Yeah, and back then, being a stupid teenager, I objected to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, yeah, it was just part of who he was. I sure. Pretend- a lot of mountain people, yeah. that's how they made extra money. Yeah, foxes. And still do, as yeah, a matter of yeah, fact. foxes and um, bobcats and all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, and Coyote? But, yeah, well, not then. We didn't have coyotes back. Oh, okay. Then. Now but, I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, rabbits. I mean, boys used to. That's how boys got spending money was catching rabbits mm-hmm. and selling them to the local store. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sell them, catch them, catch them in those rabbit traps, those wooden rabbit traps that they made. 
but yeah, but back then I really objected. Oh sure, absolutely. And, uh, it still makes me a little. Queasy. I would never wear. That's right. To, yeah. I would never buy one. Yeah, I would never wear a fur coat. But I understand. Deer have to be killed, or right. there's just going right. to be too many. Right. And, and we eat. They're getting sick. Eat, I know. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a. Oh, it's one of those subjects. It's, it's part of life. I mean, I yeah. eat chicken, I eat beef. I should not be hypocritical. Right. You know. But there was something about receiving that gift yeah, but that, from that someone a, that you think would know you better. Yeah, so he didn't know me. And then the, uh, I met another guy, and I eventually married him. I don't know why. And he gave me a vacuum cleaner our first Christmas. Oh, laws. That's like my friend Bettina, whose <laughs> yeah. boyfriend's always gave her things like that and and one year we were laughing in November saying what's this boyfriend gonna give you you know I can't wait to see what practical thing and that was the year she got four tires <laughs> uh-huh. which nowadays it'd be like thank you I no, love you but but back yeah. when you're you know 35 yeah, or something and to be fair the boy that gave me the rabbit skin coat Later, I remember him giving me a really nice skull bracelet. Ah. But uh, I don't know what happened to that either. But uh, yeah. that was the only uh, other. I don't remember a lot of gifts, you know, because, and I guess most of them were practical, because I am more of a practical person. Yes, yeah. Clothes and things. And I'm not the best gift buyer, yeah. you know, to stop and pick out. Once in a while, you luck into that thing, oh, yeah. and you just know it's the perfect thing. Yeah. But I have found through the years, especially in a dating or marriage situation, where anytime you would get gifts, you just sort of automatically made it a really nice dinner out. Yeah. And so you knew that that was your main gift. Sure. And when we lived in Vermont, it was wonderful because there were so many inns. Oh, yeah. You know? And so that's what sure. you knew. You, you got a babysitter and you went out right. for the $100 meal. And yeah. that was and what you gave each other. Yeah. 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 yeah and, you know, when, not having children, because you, uh, you had a son, but not having children... It eventually got to the point where, you know, why would we give each other things for Christmas when you're, you're kind of a team, right? You know, and well, so, it is sort of fun though yeah, on Christmas is, morning, but, yeah. Yeah, especially if you find even the right kind of books yeah, or yeah. a little something or well, good socks, good yeah, socks. Anybody else? Well. Only one person that ever was involved with it give me books, mm. but you know, the people I was married to, they didn't do that. Oh, and see that would. Yeah. That'd be a killer for me. <laughs> well, you know, it's a, a tradition in Iceland that everybody's been Oh, I love about. it. I love Isn't it. Great? Yes, yeah, where Christmas they stay Eve. up and read all night on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Everybody does. Yeah, every, everybody gives books, and you sit up and read all night on Christmas See, Eve. See, I think that'd be a great New Year's Eve. I think that would be I'd awesome. rather do that than go out and yeah. partake um, of I'm not a party spirits. person anyway. Right. So. right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And the first gift you ever remember? Oh, yes. Well, my Santa Claus that's yep. sitting there. My oh, stuffed yeah, yeah. Santa yeah. Claus. You remember that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I remember. I still have it now. What? Probably about 55 years later. Right. Yeah. yeah he's still... Well, I'm, I'm sure the first present I ever got was Willie, who was a bear. 
Uh-huh. And I, I wore him out, you know, and I carried him around for years and years, and he eventually disappeared on one of my moves. Yeah. Uh, but I don't remember receiving it. Oh. But the first thing I do remember receiving uh, on Christmas or Christmas Eve was a little red tricycle. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was very nice. I, there's a picture of me somewhere on it. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing I remember most about it was my grandfather, because we're you know, riding it around in the house, going around and putting little tiny pieces of paper where the wheels would go oh. so that I would follow them and oh. not bump into the walls. Taught you how to drive. Taught me how to drive. <laughs> I remember that so well. Mama doesn't remember it, but and that's just the type of thing he would do. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was the same Christmas. I was probably three. Sammy was born. But one of the grandmothers gave us this big stuffed pony. Oh, wow. It was about this tall and, um, you know, it had legs. And we played with that thing for years. Oh, that sounds very nice. And we, wore, we broke its legs down, of course, because mm -hmm. we rode it. Right. But it was the prettiest thing. It was a, a, a big stuffed pinto pony. Uh, I think it was my dad's grandmother probably gave it to us because she was a working woman. Mm. And she gave us some nice things. Well, it's sort of ironic. One year, and I was pretty pretty small, I got one of those kitchenette yeah. things, that you know, fun. where yeah. that was my size, you yeah. know, and you could open the fridge and there was yeah. the sink and the, you know, and that was pretty, that was, that cool. was a pretty nice gift. But since I've never turned into a cook. It didn't, it didn't <laughs> affect you all that much. No, but it was fun. Yeah. But yeah, uh, of course we got tons of great stuff from people for, you know, we got lots of, it's not like I only ever got a tricycle. Right, We, right. we were, you know, typical um, 1960s, 1960s, 70s, 70s right. kids. We sure. Were right. My grandmother always gave us books. Mm -hmm. I still have a lot of the books she gave us. Well, my grandmother and grandfather moved in with us when I was 12. Yeah. And Grandma had had a stroke, and Grandpa, gosh, he was 90 or something mm. at that time. And they moved in, and they gave each of us five kids. And they were not rich, and I maybe have mentioned this before, um, you know, retired Methodist minister. And, yeah. But gave each of us a $100 bill. Wow. I mean, I'm 12 years old and I have a hundred dollar wow. bill. And of course, mom said, I want you to get something special right. that's going to last yeah. with that. It is a gift. We're not going to put it in your college fund, right. which is what I thought it was in my hand for 30 seconds and it goes you straight go in right the college, college fund. fund yeah. But I bought a snare drum. And of oh. course, then I was a drum. I was a drummer in junior high and right, high school. Yeah. Yes, but I paid a hundred dollars and I bought a used snare oh, drum cool. with the strap and the sticks yeah. from someone in high school who right. was graduating. Oh, awesome! Yes, yeah. and so I had that drum forever. I don't know where it is now, oh. but <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that, that was but a that was a Christmas. Thing. That was special. quite the special Christmas. Yeah. And then Grandpa died on Christmas two Aww. days later, right Aww. there at our house. Aww. So I was 14. That's pretty traumatic uh, for yeah. a 14-year-old. Yeah, except he was a minister, and he was 92, and it was yeah. it almost seemed right yeah. and fitting. Yeah, but Christmas is a little hard. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. for that to happen. But Christmas is a stressful time for a lot of people. For some, yeah. 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 So, I mean, even, well, moving mm -hmm. and at that age and different mm -hmm. things going on, that, that yeah. would be a stressful time. Mm -hmm. I mean, not bad, but any kind of thing sure. is stress. Sure. It's not like y'all were mean to him or whatever. Right. It was oh, stressful. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. And one Christmas I spent in Australia when I was 17, yeah. my first one away from home. Oh, yeah. Of course, it was 105 degrees. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> different songs, different carols. You sure. know, it was... Everything different. Yeah, different. But that was that was fun. It was yeah. all right. Yeah. It was good. It'd be exposed to different uh -huh. things. Well, now, do we have time to read well, a poem, okay, yeah. or are well, we do done with... A little unexpected. Okay. It's a little long, but I think everyone will enjoy this. I had never seen this poem until today, mm -hmm. even though it's by one of my favorite authors. I've yeah. mentioned many times, Wendell Berry oh, yeah. and um, Jeff Reeves. Do you know Jeff? He's the successful farmer. He teaches classes at the Reynolds Homestead. Oh, okay. Really, really nice person. Yeah. His mother, Mary Reeves, is a quilter in Vesta. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure okay. you know Mary. Yeah, yeah. Very sweet people. Absolutely. But he shared this on Facebook. Uh -huh. And I said, how come I've never seen it? Cool. It's called The Birth Near Port William. Okay. And Port William is his fictitious town where uh, Jaber Crow yeah. and, you know, all of those stories that I love so much right. take place. So here you go. They were into the lambing up late talking and smoking around their lantern. They squatted in the barn door left open so the quiet of the winter night diminished what they said. The chill had begun to sink into their clothes. Now and then they raised their hands to breathe on them. The youngest one yawned and shivered. Damn, he said, I'd like to be asleep. I'd like to be curled up in a warm nest like an old groundhog and sleep till spring. When I was your age, Billy, it wasn't sleep I thought about, Uncle Stanley said. Last few years here I've took to sleeping. And Raymond said, to sleep till spring, you'd have to trust in things the way animals do. Been a long time, I reckon, since people felt safe enough to sleep more than a night. You might wake up someplace you didn't go to sleep at. They hushed a while, as if to let the dark brood on what they had said. Behind them, a sheep stirred in the bedding and coughed. It was getting close to midnight. Later, they would move back along the row of pinned ewes, making sure the newborn lambs were well dried and had sucked, and they would go home cold to bed. The barn stood between the ridge top and the woods along the bluff. Below was the valley floor and the river they could not see. They could hear the wind dragging its underside through the bare branches of the woods. 
and suddenly the wind began to carry a low singing. They looked across the lantern at each other's eyes and saw they had all heard. They stood, their huge shadows rising up around them. The night had changed. They were already on their way, dry leaves underfoot and mud under leaves, to another barn on down along the wood's edge, an old stripping room where by the light of the open stove door they saw the man and then the woman and the child lying on a bed of straw on the dirt floor. Well, look a there, the old man said. First time this has ever happened here. And Billy, looking and looking away, said, Howdy, howdy, bad night. And Raymond said, There's a first time they say for everything. And that, he thought, was as reassuring as anything was likely to be and as he needed it to be. They did what they could, not much. They brought a piece of rug and some sacks to ease the hard bed a little, and one wedged three dollar bills into a crack in the wall in a noticeable place. And they stayed on, looking, looking away, until finally the man said they were well enough off and should be left alone. They went back to their sheep. For a while long, they squatted by their lantern and talked, tired, wanting sleep, yet stirred by wonder. Old Stanley, too, though he would not say so. Don't make no difference, he said. They'll have them anywhere. Looks like a man would have a right to be born in bed, if not die there, but he don't. But you heard that singing in the wind, Billy said. What about that? Ghost, they do that way. Not that way. Scared him, it did. The old man laughed. We'll have to hold him damn his damn hand for him and lead him home. It don't even bother you, Billy said. You go right on just the same. But you heard. Now that I'm old, I sleep in the dark. That ain't what I used to do in it. I heard something. You heard a good deal more than you'll understand, Raymond said, or him, or me either. They looked at him. He had, they knew, a talent for unreasonable belief. He could believe in tomorrow before it became today, a human enough failing, and they were tolerant. He said, it's the old ground trying it again, Solstice seeding and birth, it never gets enough. It wants the birth of a man to bring together sky and earth like a stalk of corn. It's not death that makes the dead rise out of the ground, but something alive straining up, rooted in darkness like a vine. That's what you heard. If you're in your right mind when it happens, it can come on you strong, and you might hear music passing on the wind, or see a light where there wasn't one before. Well, how do you know it amounts to anything? You don't, 
It usually dumped. It would take a long, long time to ever know. But that night, and other nights afterwards, up late, there was a feeling in them, familiar to them, but always startling in its strength, like the thought on a winter night of the lambing ewes dry-bedded and fed, and the thought of the wild creatures warm asleep in their nests deep underground. Wow. Pretty nice. Wendell Berry. I tell you, just before they went down to that second barn, mm -hmm. that description gave me chills. Yeah. That part. Didn't he something? That was something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. His books are poetry. Absolutely. Mm. Yep. That's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for letting me read it. And thank you guys out there <laughs> in podcast land for listening. Yeah. Okay. Have we covered about all of it? I think so. All right. Well, our show notes are uh, can be found at quincepodcast.com. Uh, we're also on iTunes under Quince Podcast or Beth Amon Ford or Leslie Sheeler. We are now on Stitcher Radio if you have that app on your um smartphone or on your computer and we have a website a facebook page at um under quince podcasts and i think that's all of the things that we do excellent yeah and we uh do renew things quite often i've started doing book reports on it book reviews excellent yeah all right and we will try to catch up with you in a couple of weeks happy new year Thank you.